Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. provide for you in Jesus name amen but before we get into the word tell your neighbor before we get into the word before we get into the word let's receive a powerful ministration from Mabel Oh, I'm afraid. 
this morning and ask the Lord to speak to you as we come before his word. Hallelujah. Pray as if you are a believer. Pray as if you are talking to a Lord who will answer you. Thank God for an opportunity to be in his presence. An opportunity to be in your presence, Lord. We are grateful, Lord. We are actually here. It could have been otherwise. We are grateful to be here. Hold on for me. You are praying as if you don't understand what I'm talking about. We have been here. We didn't come to church for how many weeks? About 12. It was more than 12 weeks. Four or five months. I've forgotten. Just today, the UK is going back into lockdown. Uh-huh. Should in case per chance you think that's all now the Are you here? Ghana's corona is also on the rise. Ten people have died. So far, we have not been told that we'll be locked down again. Yet. Thank God that you are here this morning. You are praying like a leper who is his tongue that 
Come on, lift your voice up and start to talk to the Lord this morning. Thank Him for an opportunity to gather, an opportunity to be together, an opportunity to come into His house, an opportunity to worship. Lift up your voice, pray like a believer. Don't stand like a statue. I said, pray like a believer. Pray as if you are a child of the living God. Thank Him that His presence comes when we are together. Give Him all the praise. Give Him all the thanks. Oh, yes. Oh yes, 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 we are grateful, Lord. We are grateful, Lord. We are grateful, Lord. The word of God says that where two or three are gathered in his, you know, together, he is there. Oh, Jesus. And so you need to understand that it's very important for us to gather. And so as we are here, we know that his presence is here. He says, there I am in the midst of them. This morning we have come, and in spite of anything that you may think, we are, he is here in the midst of us. And so you want to lift up your voice and just talk to him for a moment. Thank him that he gathers us and he also appears and he ministers to us. Just welcome him this morning. Welcome his presence this morning. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that we are here in your midst. We thank you, Lord, that as we come together, you also come together with us. We are grateful. It's not because we are have ended. It's not because we are worthy. It's not because we are special. But it is you who honors your word. And this morning we are grateful for a God who honors his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We know that as we have gathered and you are here with us, we are sorted out. To you be all the glory. In Jesus name. And all the saints shall sing. Amen and amen. amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Are you glad that you came to church? I wonder. You don't sound like you're glad you came to church. It's a pleasure to be in church and to gather. And if you are still at the point that unless somebody calls you before you come to church, it means you have not yet understood something. You have not yet understood that Gathering is for your benefit. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 that we should not neglect the gathering of ourselves together as the habit of some is. There are some people every day they want to dodge church. That's why I loved Priscilla's testimony when she said she used to hide under a bed so that she wouldn't come to church. And some of you, you are in church, they had to chase you. But I pray that it doesn't last, that you don't continue like that. Amen. Ask your neighbor that, are you one of those? Oh, the way you are asking. Are you one of those? They have to come and call you, then you run under the bed. Mm. I remember going to visit a young man. And as my car descended down the slope to his house, I was together with some other young men from my church, and we're going on visitation. We saw the guy. By the time we drove into the yard, the guy had disappeared. So we knocked on the door. His mother said, oh, he's around. So she entered the room. She went left. She went right. She went left. Ah, she couldn't find the guy. Then one of my young men came and said, look at something. There was a big water pot by the door, and the guy had jumped inside the water. <laughs> Some of you, you may not have a water pot by your door, but when you see that they are coming to call you to church, then that is the time that your things come. You now run away to go and play chaskele. Uh, this generation, they don't play chaskele. Eh? They only play game. No wonder your brains are not working well. Hey! We have come to church and you are exhausted. Now, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Young people who don't run anymore at your age. <laughs> the Lord is helping us. Hallelujah. 
we are learning how to pray. And we've been talking about prayer. Everything by prayer, nothing without prayer. If there's something that you're doing and you haven't committed it to God, you are making a mistake. Are you here? Yeah. Everything, it works by prayer. Today, I'm going to start on chapter 7. I told you to get the book. I don't know if there are copies around. But when you have it, there are copies around. Okay. If you are looking for your copy, you are ready today. Just lift your hand. Offer it while we come to you. Just so that you can follow. Aunt Linda was given the... I hear some of the copies are faulty. If you have a faulty copy, return it and get another one. Is that okay? Yeah. I heard that somebody opened their book and it was starting from page 76. Ah! In fact, in fact, but we can't complain because we too, we have done our share of mess this morning. Uh, haven't we done our share of mess? Mm. Mm. If you know, you know. Anyway, <laughs> hallelujah. So we're going into chapter 7 today. Pastor, why don't you start from chapter 1? Why should I start from chapter 1? Ah. I said, ah. <laughs> I believe that the Lord leads us where we need to go. And this morning, we are going to be talking about how to pray to defeat devils. How to pray to defeat devils. You know, I need to say to you that I find this chapter so important. Why do I find it important? Because the devil is not everywhere, but he's around. And if you see the behavior of a house fly, that's the behavior of Satan. Something that you take your towel and you go like that. Ah, it hasn't happened to you before. You are eating. I remember the other day, my sister was eating. We were all at the table. We saw the fly. Then I heard her say, ah! The fly had come and it had lodged itself on the food. <laughs> you know, and so they come around. His demons come around, you, you see. And, and sometimes we want to hit them away. Then is when we try to hit them away, we want to use this one. What is the likelihood that to hit a fly away, I will succeed when I carry this pulpit to hit it? What's the likelihood? I will just get tired. Hey. I wonder if I'm talking to you. In the same way, many of us, we can see, well, there are two categories of people. There's one category you cannot see. So you, when the devil is even worrying you, you don't even know that it is the devil. And you now start to say other things. That's why you are saying that it's your mother. That's why you are saying it's your grandmother. In the village. Who is worrying you. I want to ask you a question. If it was your mother... Will she wait for you to reach the hardened age of 54 when your wisdom teeth are baked clear into your skin before she will disturb you? She would have done it when you were tender something in her control. Far easier. Will she wait until you can now wear, uh, what do you call it? High heels to use to kick her. She would have done it when you were tender. I'm not saying there are no witches. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm trying to say to you that many times what we say is the issue. Many times it's not the issue. Yeah. I said many times what we say is the issue. Many times it's not the issue. Yeah. Pastor, are you saying that there are no witches? How can I say there are no witches? But what you think is a witch is not even a witch. The witch is living right by you. You don't know. Witchcraft is the use of any power other than God's power. What do you think that melancholy person who wakes up with the face, what do you think the person, that's a witch. Controlling you by their mood. <laughs> Controlling you by their mood. Hey! You are going to say, let's do this. But when you see the face that is saying, you just back down. You just back down. Unless you have not really seen a proper one before. Hey! If you meet a real one manifesting you now, there will be happiness in the room. They are talking, they are laughing, they are chatting. They are, and when they open the door, they enter. They don't even need to say one word. Every laughter will end. Every talking will end. Every smile. That is a real witch. 
and some are in church. Pastor, why you insult me? I didn't insult you. I'm just describing. You see, any power that you use, that is not the power of God, it's witchcraft. Any power. Any power. Yeah. That's why Paul asked the Galatians, who has bewitched you? Uh-huh. You are using something. That's not the power of God. Anyway, that's for another day. But today, we are talking about defeating devils. Some of you have left the job of defeating devils. You have left it to other people. I don't know how you can do that. A fly is buzzing around you. And you have left the sorting out of that fly to somebody else. By, the person also has flies. By the time you are even calling them, come and see my fly. The fly has moved to another location. You know when you are going to kill a fly, you have to be very still. You have to be very, very, very... <laughs> very soon and then you just move by the time you are moving to say yeah my fly is here oh it has gone yeah you cannot leave the tackling of devils to other people are you here now let me also say that this chapter in the book I cannot teach it without going here know your invisible enemies you must know it are you here? How to defeat devils? I remember one day we were at a crusade. Everything had gone on well. We were going to start the crusade in an area that actually had a lot of Christians. The other places had other religions, but this particular place had a lot of Christians. So I was not expecting trouble. When I arrived at the place, and I was just praying, just praying to start the day, the Spirit of God said to me, find your book. That's why when you don't have the Macarius, you've done yourself. So find your book. So I picked the book. So I go to chapter 2. So I open chapter 2. When I open chapter 2, do you want to know the title of chapter 2? Ten assignments of demons against you. So when I opened it, I started, I said, ah, eh, Holy Spirit, are you sure you have not lost your way? Because I'm expecting the demons to disturb us in the next town. But this particular town where the ground has been broken and there's at least some level of Christianity, I'm not expecting. But you see, when you know the voice of God, you know that I, know that I knew God was speaking. So I began to read. Assignment number one, resistance and opposition. Assignment number two, frustration. Assignment number three, blocking people. Assignment number four, tempting people. Assignment number five, frightening people. Assignment number six, charming people. Assignment number seven, deception. Assignment number eight, stealing. Assignment number nine, betrayal and disloyalty. Assignment number ten, killing. When I finished my prayer time, because it had scriptures, and you just pray through the scriptures, I thought I was done. Then the spirit said, you are not done call your prayer warriors. So I called Pastor David. And I said, Pastor David, I don't know, but this is what the Lord is saying. So, I want you to lead the prayer team. Number one, resistance and opposition with the scripture. Number two, and I gave him the whole chapter. I said, in case somebody doesn't have the book, start to pray. This was in the morning. I continued to pray through the morning. Around three o'clock, I got a call. That's why we call him director. <laughs> I got a call from Pastor Seb. And he said, Mommy, we have been attacked on the crusade grounds. As we were setting up, some people just arrived. They have attacked us. And they have scattered our things. And I said to him, Do you remember the prayer topic I sent you in the morning? that we will meet resistance and opposition we will meet frustration we will meet deception we will meet all kinds of things but I want you to know that we have overcome them we have overcome them hallelujah it was not an hour less than an hour he called me back and he said you will not believe it 
The man who is in charge of the area has risen up and has found other people and has instructed them to replace everything that they took away, to rebuild the thing and to sort it out. Hallelujah. Amen. If I'm not mistaken, it was our largest crusade. We had about 4,000 people there on the last night. We had overcome I came to speak to you today that you have an enemy and you need to arise and you need to pray to defeat that enemy. I also need to say to you that it is more important than you think. Some of us think that if I don't disturb the devil, he will not disturb me. Hmm. You say you people, you like thinking about demons all the time. Every day you are just thinking about demons, demons. Every day you are just what? Do you pray today? Really? I want you to go and. <laughs> I want you to go and find your Bible and begin reading your Bible in Matthew chapter 4. When Jesus prayed for 40 days and nights, what do you think he was doing? And when he was done, the only recorded prayers that we have of Jesus Christ after that wonderful prayer time, the only thing we have is him talking to the devil. A time comes when you must pray and you must address him directly. And when Jesus rose up to die, to, to, he didn't have conversations. He didn't say, machine gun. He didn't say, betwa me saw me di asina shabetum na me di asini yesu me di asrefra hey ambansam koto koto na me saw no that's not what he said jesus christ the son of the living god he said it is written it is written it is written it is written the reason why you are chasing or you imagine you are chasing him in machine gun is because you don't know what's written. Hmm. I said the reason why you have gone to look for an ineffective machine gun. Uh, you see, you are living here. Some of us, where we got trained in ministry, it was in a place where powers are normal. It was not unusual. To find a man upon whom a gun does not work. You are now quiet. I see you are quiet. Uh -huh. It was not unusual. So if a man who has gone to borrow powers, the one who has gone to borrow powers, gun cannot him. Is it Satan that gun, gun can? Yeah. We grew up in a place where there were people who could command the wind. Uh, you are very quiet, eh? <laughs> ah, they could command the wind. You are quiet, but it's nice. Yeah. One year, we saw some rains. Have you seen wind come and uproot a street light before? Not a street light that had a problem. A street light that is in the ground well. Lift it like a missile. Have you seen a wind? As you are trying to reach your house, then you see somebody's table. It has become a flying table today. Have you seen a wind? Hey, the church has become nicely quiet. <laughs> One day the wind blew. When it blew, it lifted somebody's container and put it on top of another container and it opened the door. Star door ajar, shop open. I remember after it had harassed us for a while, then somebody said the rainmakers are annoyed on account of the Yana issue that was raging at the time. And I remember calling my prayer people, I said, Charlie, and we have powers more than their power. Yeah. And we rose up to pray. That was the end of that kind of... But the reason why I'm telling you this is not for you to admire the enemy. 
It is so that you understand that even human beings who are playing with his power have powers. Don't dare discount it. Don't discount it. But you must know who you are. And you must know what you have. And you must know under whom you serve. And if you know, you will defeat devils. I say you will defeat who? Devils. That is why it is important for me to teach you what we are learning. I won't get far today. I'll teach if we have to go on it for three weeks, we'll do it. Yeah. Jesus answered the devil, Matthew 4 4. It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Matthew 4 7. It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Matthew 4 10. Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall you serve. Matthew 16 23. He turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> thou art an offense unto me, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Every time the enemy disturbed Jesus, he invoked a higher power. He spoke about the word of God. He quoted the word of God. That is why when you come to church and when the word of God is coming, you fall asleep. You should know that the devil has taken you on life. Usually, the place where you sleep, you know, that place, that's the one you need. When we're talking about the one, when we are on the one you don't need, you'll be awake. But the one you need, that's the one. Ah, or oh, it hasn't happened to you before. Have you not been there before? Before you realize, you realize that, ah, they said something. Ah, you were asleep. You better go back and listen because usually that's the one you need. Yeah. He knows that if you know the word, you can take him on. Are you there? Now, one of the things about Jesus was that he never left the devil alone. And I want to read a scripture to you. Yeah. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. As for Mark, he was in a hurry. He didn't tell a lot of the story of Jesus. He was in a hurry. Right in Mark chapter 1, we're already, he's, Jesus is already preaching. We're deleting Yakin. <laughs> Take us to verse 22. Abba. <laughs> uh, see why I normally do my own thing. <laughs> they were astonished at his doctrine. This is Jesus, the very first time he starts to preach. For he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Verse 23. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. As I'm speaking here, some of you, one or two or three, you have an unclean spirit. You may know he's there, you may not know. Sometimes you don't even know. One morning I was praying, I was at a program. And I said that all the ladies who wanted to preach should come forward. And I was just praying with them and anointing them. And I got to a certain young lady and there was a serious manifestation. The young lady is as short as a pepper, pepper pot. And four or five men had to hold her. Even that one cried was not easy for them. And suddenly a demon spoke. I will not go. I've been here from the beginning. I will not go. In other words, that demon came in because of where the person was born, the family the person was in, the things that were done at the birth. Say, I've always been here. He said, Today is your exit. Today is your exit. I'm just saying this to say that sometimes you are there, the spirit is there. So when Jesus came to speak, this man was a church member. Maybe he didn't even know that there was something there. Let's go to verse 24. It says he cried out. What did he say? Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? I came to tell you that one of the famous sayings of the devil is let us us alone. Leave me alone. When you find yourself there and somebody is coming with wind of God and you say leave me alone. Leave me alone. It's a classic sign that the devil is in control. Classic. 
He wants to be alone to do what he wants to do to you. And you are also cooperating. <laughs> Jesus was not casting out demons. So it's just where he was preaching. <laughs> and the demon said, let us alone. Because it's more than one. That's why they said, let us. Then he started to give up all. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Does the devil know you? Verse 25. <laughs> Look at something. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. I need you to understand that Jesus never gave the devil peace. And you and I as his followers, we must never give the devil peace. That's why he is called the father of flies, Beelzebub. It shows you the type of, of person. When a fly is around you, you take your towel. You go like this. When you look, it's here. You go like that. When you look, it's there. So it is not that he's omnipotent. No, it's our God who is. It's not that he's omniscient. It's not that he's everywhere. It's just his behavior and his character that make us feel that he's here. And you must make up your mind that I will never give you peace. Never. I will never give you peace. Jesus never gave him peace. But in order for you to be able to do that, you need to know your enemy. That's why I was telling you that this book is wild. Know your invisible enemy. You can't see him. So you need to now do your own work to understand the characteristic of this thing. Now that I'm describing, you see, the one with flies is easy to explain. You should understand why some issues that you are dealing with just seem to, they hop away for a little while, but they don't really go. And that's when the child goes, hey, I'm praying, and God was not minding me. And so I've left it. You are an idiot. God was not minding you, saying. He wasn't minding you because you were the one who was supposed to deal with it. And instead of dealing with it, you are saying that, eh, Jesus, the thing is worrying me. Jesus, the fly is worrying. But that's why he tells you, Matthew 18, 18, whatsoever things you bind in on earth are bound in heaven. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. Amen. The first thing I want to share with you today about our enemy, because you need to know him. When you don't know him, you don't know what you are fighting. And any war that you are fighting that you don't know your enemy, you are in great danger. Because he can come from any direction. And today I need to share with you that there are demons that look like animals. They are working through human beings. And you're not sure, is it a person or is it a demon? Let's go to scripture. We will not struggle. Let's go to scripture. Ezekiel chapter 29. Let's start from verse 2. Ezekiel 29. We're starting from verse 2. Son of man, set thy face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Can you see that we're talking about a man? And prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Verse 3. Speak and say thus. Thus saith the Lord God. Behold, I am against thee, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lieth in the midst of his rivers. I thought we were talking about a human being. Oh, you didn't see the thing there. He said dragon and human being. Oh, you are quiet. <laughs> you were talking to a person. And suddenly, you see a shift. He's talking about a dragon. In other words, Pharaoh is there, but there's a spirit controlling. It's a dragon. That's a dragon. Is it the only time it happens in the Bible? Of course not. Of course not. So let's go to Ezekiel 28. This one, I'm sure you have seen it more. From verse 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyros. Again, are we talking about a person? Yes, king of Tyros. Say unto him, thus said the Lord God, thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. <laughs> thou hast been in Eden. I thought we were talking about the king of Tyros. Was the king of Tyros in Eden? 
you should start asking yourself a question. Thou has been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. Suddenly, we are talking about the devil. The sardius, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle, gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. I thought we were talking about the king of Tyros. Verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covered. Who is that? Lucifer. This is the description of Lucifer. But we were talking about the king of Tyros. Stop fighting your boss. Go for the thing behind him. Go for the thing controlling him. Go for the thing influencing him. Deal with the dragon. Deal with the spirit behind him. Are you here? And that is why you need to understand that the Bible is full of them. It's not a doctrine that we have gone to find from somewhere. And today I just want to show you a few things so that you begin to understand them. Are you here? That's why I'm going here. I'm going here. It's one of my favorite books. When I want to do warfare, oh my God. I just love it. Makaba hmm. Sunday. Oh yes. Ten types of animal like demons. <laughs> I've given you the first one already. Flies. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 22. The scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Belzebub. That word Belzebub is the king of flies. And by the prince of devils casteth he out devils. Number two. Hateful spiritual birds. When the birds were passing, I almost said, hey. <laughs> Revelations chapter 18. In fact, let me give you a key. Revelations is one of the places where you will see a lot of them. Yeah. That's why it's called Revelations. And he cried mightily with a strong voice. Revelation 18.2. Saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. And is become the habitation of devils. And the hold of every foul spirit. And a cage of every unclean and hateful bed. Every unclean and hateful bed. That is why there are times when people talk about beds. I remember a young man. We had been having a prayer meeting. And at a point, we said, oh, people should share what they had seen. And the young man got up and said, oh, I saw a door. <laughs> I saw a door. And there were some steps going down to the door. And there was a vulture standing in front of the door. And the vulture was laughing. And he was sharing this. And I remember looking at Lady Abraham and I said, hey, the guy has not understood it. The vulture is an example of an unclean bed. A vulture laughing at you. There's nothing good about it. Ah! <laughs> Every unclean and hateful bed. Hey! What, the, what do vultures mean? When you see a vulture in the natural, what does it mean? Something has died or is about to die in the area. That's the only time you see vultures. There's no vulture here because we are alive. You just let somebody decide to butcher animals or whatever and leave that. Oh, you see them. Hmm. Number three, frog spirits. Revelation chapter 16. This is one of my favorite scriptures. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Frogs, eh, they don't kill you. But they make you so uncomfortable. How far? You're about to eat and a frog just jumps from... And you, you, you leave it. <laughs> hey! Are you there? Number four. Scorpions. 
Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. <laughs> These are Jesus' words. Oh. I mean, I thought it was a physical scorpion. One of the things that will help you greatly is to know the nature of the animal. That's why you shouldn't play. When you see animal kingdom, watch it. It will inform you about a lot of things. Scorpion bites, they kill a few people, but hardly. The thing about scorpion bites is that they are painful. Pain, very painful. Many years ago, I was working in a place. It was my first job. And one evening, I was going out of my house and I was strolling. It was a place we all lived on that farm. And I was strolling down the road. And something bit me. It was dark. I was wearing slippers. It was dark. So I said to myself, well, I don't know if it is a snake or a scorpion. One or the other. If it is a snake, I'll be dead before I get to the next house, which was the house of our vet. If it's a scorpion, I'll be alive when I get there. So I continued walking. There's no point stopping here. But the pain is what I remember. When I got to his house, I said, ha, something has bitten me. I think it is a scorpion. So let me see. So I removed my feet from the slippers. And then he checked. He says, a scorpion bite. And the pain was something else. And then he said, I'm coming. I'm going to give you an injection to take away. I mean, whatever. Ah, he's a vet. You don't know that vets and doctors are related. Yeah. So he found an anesthetic and he injected just around the place. And it brought the pain down. Do you know that that pain never left? Yes. It enabled, at least I got back to my house. But it never, the whole night, there are some issues in your life. They are not killing you, but they are so painful. You are almost paralyzed by it. They are so painful. Every day you are crying. Every day you are crying. Every day you are crying. I want you to wake up. It could be a scorpion spirit at work. Yeah. Revelation chapter 12, <coughs> verse 9. Dragons. <laughs> and the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. The little snake you did not deal with. The little sin you did not sort out. The little problem that you did not get rid of, it has become a dragon. A dragon is something that frightens you. A dragon is something that has the ability to swallow you. A dragon is something, you see, if a dragon is lying out your door, you are not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, you thought it was a fairy tale, eh? Isn't that the Bible? The Bible you refuse to read is there. Revelation 12 15. Spiritual snakes. Revelations 12, 15 says, And the serpent cast out of his mouth as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Every woman in the church, tomorrow wake up and read Revelations 12. It will be a revelation unto you. The way that the enemy, the Bible tells us in, in, in Genesis that there's an enemy. He doesn't like women at all. Right from the fall days. This is one of the descriptions. Are you here? Number seven, spiritual horses. <laughs> spiritual horses. Hey, you are quiet. Like I'm preaching some doctrine that you have never heard. Is it not Bible that we are reading? It's Bible we are reading. Revelation chapter six. Again, that's also another chapter to read. But verse eight says, And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. His name and then his name that sat on him was death. And hell followed him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. Recently I thought about this scripture when corona was moving. Hmm. 
Number eight. <laughs> a spiritual sea monster. Psalm 74, verse 14. <laughs> Thou breakest the head of Lebathan. We don't know who it is. They define it as a sea monster. We don't understand. The fishermen always have stories. Or oh, you don't have any uncle who's a fisherman. They'll frighten you, Bia. That's why nobody likes the beach in the dark. <laughs> Thou breakest the heads of Lebatan to pieces and gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Number nine. A multiple-headed monster. Revelations 13, 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horns, ten crowns. And upon his heads, the name blasphemy. And number ten, another multiple-headed monster. Revelations 13, 11. And I beheld another beast. You see, the first one was a beast. This one is another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb. And he spoke as a dragon. All these descriptions have been given to us to help us in our fight against the devil. Are you here? Please push your neighbor and say, why are you afraid? Some of you are doing like you want to go under the chair. <laughs> Amen. Eh? Daniel chapter 7. Look, I just want to say a couple of things. I have just about 10 minutes to end my, my sermon. That's why I said we will not finish today. We're going to continue. But one of the reasons why I thank God for these names is because you can go and find out how these animals behave. When you know how they behave, then you are able to identify them. For instance, these are not the only animals. Lions are also there. Ah. Yeah, who, yeah. So they move around like a lion seeking whom they may devour. And so you look at it and you see lions, what's their main strength? The element of surprise. They and the crocodiles, they're always surprising you. Yeah. Are you here? Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. He shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. This is one of the activities of the devil, to wear them out, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. There are animals that behave like that. The wild dogs will just chase the animal out. They don't have power to do much. So they'll chase it until it drops to the exhaustion, and that's when it can feed on them. And some of you, every day, you are waking up, every day, you alone, you are doing uh, what? Uh, spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare. Every day, you are reading, you are waking, you are binding, you are losing. Every day, you are. Something should tell you that something is wrong. Because it's only a matter of time before you are worn out. You cannot do an all night every night. Ah! You're not made like that. So you should understand that something is wearing you out. And you need to look for another weapon. When you are fighting a battle, the weapon that you choose, we'll talk about a bit more about it next week, the weapon that you choose must be the most effective one. And so when you have woken up, after you have woken up five days, you have woken up every night doing spiritual warfare against the demon, you must understand that there's something else. Hey. You have been fasting. This is your fourth time this year you are doing a 40 days fast. <laughs> I mean, you need to understand that you are going, you will die soon. Because Jesus, all his years, we never read about him doing more than one 40 day fast. As you have arrived, this one year, you have done 40 days, then you have done 40 days, then you have done 40 days, then you have done 40 days. That's what, 160 days out of 365. <laughs> This one, it's not the devil that will kill you, it's the fasting. <laughs> you see, I was doing dry fasting. As you are doing the dry, your blood is getting thicker. 
<laughs> your blood is getting thicker. Your whole system is stopping. You will not even go to the washroom. <laughs> Are you there? It must tell you that perchance I am using the wrong weapon. Let me go and look for another weapon. And there are other weapons that also work. Yeah. You need to understand it. I say you need to understand it. It is not. I, I, I like the way our father says it. He says that we don't drown people in hot water. If you have to drown something, it's in cold water. If you try to drown something in hot water, what will happen? They will just jump out. Some things you just, it's like cooking snails. The water is there, it's just working, working. Are you here? Because as for the word of God, I can tell you that it works. But you need to find your weapon. And you need to match your weapon to the animal. And you need to match your weapon to the demon. And that is why there are different kinds of prayers that we pray. Some prayers are warfare prayers. Some prayers are faith prayers. One of the stories I used to love, and I'm ending, was a story, a true story told by a certain man, Lester Samuel. This man, he became a very powerful man of God. And he talks about a time when he was under I mean, he'd been working in an area and he knew that the enemy was not happy with him. One night he woke up to find things being moved around. Imagine you are in your room, they move your bed. Move this, move that, move that. He said, what is that? He woke up. He got up and started walking. He saw an image. He said, ah, it's you. Replace the things and get out. And he went to sleep. He went back to sleep. You would now have been calling. I said, you would now have been calling. You now you know that you have a center leader. Then you now remember, I, I have a center director. Ah, I have a pastor who is over me. Let me call. You now are calling. You need to understand that you must match your weapon. I said this is your last story. I'll give you a last story. One night, <laughs> one night, we were praying for a young lady, my husband and myself. This young lady had been attacked by some very strange illness, which used to come as a way. She had told us about it, but we had never seen it. And this was the first time we'd seen it, and we were praying. I remember that we would go to a room and pray every night, and then we'd go to bed. But on a Sunday night, when we went to pray for her, you know, Sundays, every pastor is tired. So I was looking forward to the end of the prayer, so that we could go and sleep. <laughs> when all of a sudden a voice spoke she was asleep when the voice said hey look at the young man asleep <laughs> you better wake up before I start I will bring my water gun next week no not that one you have got the wrong one the one in France mm, yeah yeah that one mm. help him to be awake because something is making him sleep and this chair, they have been embarrassing people. You don't understand spiritual things. I told you the one you need to hear is where you sleep. So, all of a sudden, a voice spoke. It was the voice of a man. And he said, Aungo. Aungo, Aungo, Aungo. Aungo. Immediately, we realized that a demon was speaking. And we began to command it to go. And the Lord gave us fantastic word of knowledge. We just know that this is the demon and we just bind it. You spirit of this, go. The Lord told us that there are nine of them. Number one went. Number two, three, four. No, I mean, in the space of an hour, eight of them were created and it was left with number nine. All of a sudden, the girl who was lying there asleep took her own hands. The hands curled like that around her neck and began to squeeze. Began to squeeze. We were hanging on for dear life. We had to undo the hands because you could see that the devil had planned to kill her. 
So while it was going on, by this time we were physically tired because remember I told you, it was the end of Sunday. We're looking for it to go into sleep. That's why I'm saying that you need to use your head. I began to think to myself that the way this battle has become physical and we are two tired people, we need some backup. And so I picked my phone and I called two guys who I knew could pray. And I said, listen, we're in the middle of a deliverance. I can't tell you more right now, but we need spiritual backup. Just pray for us. As soon as, I don't know what they did when I put up the phone, but I believe they prayed. Because as soon as we continued praying for the girl, we got a word from the Lord saying that this particular demon, we cannot suck it. It came with her permission. And so the Spirit of God said, wake her up. Since it came with her permission, she must now sit up and renounce it. What was the name of the last demon? The Lord said to us that this is the one that came and the others followed. You want to know the name of that demon? It was called bitterness. Bitterness. She had been in a situation and she had become bitter. And we woke her up. She had no recollection of anything that had gone on. And we said, the demon of bitterness, you have to reject it. She was very sleepy. I reject the spirit of bitterness in the name of Jesus. As soon as she said it, the demon was gone. It was gone. I said, when you are standing somewhere, you are using your equipment, you are doing what you must do, the enemy is not moving, you need another weapon. Next week, this word will be coming to you. We'll be talking about the weapons of our warfare. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It says casting down imaginations and taking captive every thought unto the obedience of Christ. Until we come your way next week, same time, same place. May the Lord keep you safe. May every tormenting devil be bound and may you have the upper hand. Lift up your voice. Begin to thank the Lord that you have the upper hand, that you are an overcomer, you are an overcomer and that it is well with you. Begin to pray for these few minutes. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Oh, lift your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the blood that keeps us. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for every weapon that you have given to us. We are grateful. Thank you that the enemy is overcome. He is vanquished and he is driven out of our lives and our circumstances. Thank you for giving us the upper hand. I pray your God for anyone who is under demonic oppression. We bind you Satan in the name of Jesus. You will not continue to work in that place. We banish you. In Jesus' name. We declare freedom in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. One of the things I need to tell you is that 
if you are not born again, if you are not saved, if you have not opened your mouth to accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you have no grounds upon which to defeat the devil. But I thank God that salvation is free. The blood of Jesus is free. It is a choice. All that you need to be able to deploy that name and to defend yourself is the need is to give your life to Jesus. That is all. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to do anything special. No. Some people say, I'm waiting to become better, then I will come. No. You come as you are. After you come, he empowers you to be better. And so as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, this afternoon I'm bargaining for the life of somebody. You are here. You know that you are not born again. Maybe you have even come for it before, but you know that you are not born again. How do you know? You see that there's no change in your life. You know that you are not born again. You know that if you were to pass away, you cannot say with any strength that you are going to Jesus. If that is you, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want you to lift up your right hand. I want you to lift up your right hand to receive Jesus. You want to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Lift up that hand. God bless you. I see your hands all over the room. If your hand is up, allow a pastor or an usher to help you and come to me. We're going to pray together. We are changing your circumstance. These ones who are sitting, I don't know why they are still sitting when they should be standing. Just come. Just come. Just come. Just come. Don't be embarrassed at all. Don't think about anyone at all. That embarrassment cry is just the devil trying to frighten you. Just come. Just come. Just come. Step out of where you are and come. Step out of where you are and come. Step out and come. God bless you. God bless you. The Bible says that what you have believed in your heart, you need to confess it with your mouth in order to be saved. And so as you've come to stand here this morning, it's just to be able to say those words that you believe in Jesus. Just to ask him to write your name in the book of life so that you know that salvation is yours. As I'm speaking, there's somebody, your heart is beating. That's a sign. Jesus is telling you that it is all, all is not well between you and him. Just humble yourself a little. Forget your neighbor. Doesn't, his opinion doesn't matter. And just come. Come and give yourself to Jesus. Come and give yourself to Jesus. We're singing the song one more time. And as we sing, if you are thinking about it, don't think any longer. Just come. Just come. Step out and come. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Come on to Jesus. Just come on to Jesus. Let him have his way. you're standing in front here I want you to pray these words after me you want to say Lord Jesus I come to you today as a sinner please wash me in the blood of Jesus cleanse me from my sins please write my name in the book of life Lord Jesus from today from today. You are my master. You are my master. And you are my Lord. You are my Lord. I thank you. Thank you. For saving me. For saving in me. Jesus in name. Jesus name. Father, I thank you for each one standing here this morning. As they have prayed this prayer, may they never turn back. May the enemy never lay his hands on them. Any plan the devil has or any hand he already has, Father, we cut it off and we scatter it in Jesus name. Amen and amen. With all of me, I wanna praise you. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F O L C I D S. God richly bless you.